Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. There's nothing quite as magical as a slow cooker. You throw everything in, in the morning, go about your day, forget you've even prepped dinner and then voila, dinner is ready to be served. Alice Alexandra understands the beauty of the slow cooker. Just in time for winter, she's released her book, Modern Slow Cooker. Hi, Alice. How are you? Good. And thank you so much for having me. There's nothing I enjoy more than talking about slow cooking. (laughs) So what is it that you love about using a slow cooker? I really think there is so much to be gained with home cooking, but just because of how busy we all are, we just don't do it as often as I think we'd like. But with the slow cooker, I really think it it works with the realities of today's world in that, you know, when you've got the time to do the prep, you can do it and then enjoy the meal two, four, six, eight, 12 hours later. So, you know, maybe prepping dinner in the morning um, when you first get up is the thing that works best with your life. Well, with the slow cooker, you can do that. And there aren't many other kind of forms of cooking that I think can be so easily adaptable and you know, are so calm. Like I just love prepping in the morning when I wake up and then when I get home from work, dinner's just, it's there, it's done. Like no matter how fast a recipe is, it's not faster than that when I walk in the door at night. So what would you say to people who think that slow cooked food or food cooked in a slow cooker means that the veggies are going to be overcooked and they're all going to taste like the same stew? Yeah. (laughs) Look, it's a great question because I think that's one of the things that, you know, the slow cooker has really come up against and one of the reasons why I was so keen to write this book. And, you know, it's a bit tongue in cheek, but what I say is if your food coming out of a slow cooker is mushy and bland, that's a recipe issue, not a slow cooker issue. And frankly, you just need, you just need the right recipes. And, you know, when a lot of people do slow cooker books or slow cooker recipes and they kind of have like the stove variation, the oven variation, the slow cooker variation, the problem with that is the slow cooker is a totally different beast to slow cooking on the stove or the oven. And I think when people try and do recipes that work across all three, that's when you end up with this watery, mushy food. Okay, so going back just one step, what are the top things to look for in a good slow cooker? Oh, very good question. So look, I will start by saying whatever slow cooker someone has, even if it's, you know, 40 years old, a hand-me-down from, you know, who knows, um, it'll do the job, okay? Like they all do the fundamental job of slow cooking. But there are definitely some features to a slow cooker that will make your life so much easier. So one of those is I would highly recommend at minimum a six-liter slow cooker. Mm-hmm. So they're those like quite large oval-shaped ones rather than the smaller round ones. The reason I am a fan of those is because you can cook a tiny amount in that and it's going to be fine, but you can't, you know, if you've got a three-liter, you can't uh, scale up. Um, you know, a lot of people like 6.5 liters, that's huge. I'm not going to be cooking for that many people. But often you can use things like uh, jars or pudding basins or things like that inside your slow cooker in a water bath and if you don't have the larger size you can't fit those kind of extra utensils in there so it just gives you a lot more flexibility especially when making desserts and things like that so I think the larger size is my favorite my number one feature 
And the second feature is an electric electronic timer. So these are the ones where you can digitally set the exact time that the slow cooker is cooking for. And the reason I love that is because when the time, so say we set it for eight hours, we go to work. When that eight hours is finished, an electric timer will then default to the keep warm setting and actually stop cooking. Whereas if we've got our standard old school slow cooker with just the on off, it's going to keep cooking at the high or the low temperature until we turn it off. So just to give us a bit more flexibility, having the machine turn itself off, I think is really invaluable. So you mentioned that um, slow cooking on different, like whether it's on the stove or however you might do your slow cooking, it can differ depending on Mm. how exactly you're doing it. Mm. What do you need to keep in mind when using a slow cooker in order to use it to its best abilities? Mm, it's an excellent question because when people are slow cooking on the stove or the oven, as I said, there's quite a bit of moisture evaporation, right? And we've seen that whenever we cook something, you know, it kind of dries up, it caramelizes a bit, that kind of thing. With the slow cooker, all that moisture is going to stay in the same, in the unit, mm-hmm. which is often brilliant because you know it keeps the flavors in the unit and it keeps the nutrients in but what it means is there's a lot more liquid that will be in the end result so we need to kind of tailor what we put in there at the start to factor in that there isn't going to be the evaporation so I think that's the biggest thing people need to just remember when they're slow cooking and if you're using recipes designed for it I mean obviously I've done that factoring in for you but anytime someone's trying to convert their own recipe I think that would be the important thing is without a doubt the liquid you add at the start is going to be significantly less. Now you did talk about getting that uh, six odd litre slow cooker and Obviously, you can make big batches with that, which for most parents actually sounds awesome because then you can mm. freeze it and put it in your your freezer. Yes. Uh, let's not think about how big that freezer needs to be if you get carried away. But um, <laughs> what is the best way to store slow-cooked food in the freezer? Is there a method that we should be following or does it you just chuck it in the available Tupperware and label it? Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you touched on this because it really is one of my favorite aspects of the slow cooker is just like that batchability to cook and freeze. Mm. And so many things we do in the slow cooker like actually lend themselves well. You know, some dishes like you're just not going to freeze them because they're not going to defrost well. Most of what comes out of a slow cooker will. But as you say, you just got to be a little bit strategic about it. I don't think there's a huge amount of hard and fast rules with it. I always say, I mean, it sounds silly, but label it as you mentioned because the amount of times people will put something in the freezer and then think they're going to remember what it is and, you know, a week, a month, two months later they don't. But I would say don't freeze in glass. So I have a lot of glass containers that I love for putting things in the fridge. But when you're freezing and you've got that expansion and contraction of uh, ingredients, particularly liquids, you can shatter that glass, which I'm sure everyone's had experience with uh, in some way or another. Mm. So, you know, there are definitely ways you can freeze in glass, but I would say on a whole to make your life easier, just don't. So any kind of plastic container that you've got get in the freezer get a label and and I'd also say only freeze it in the quantity that your family is going to eat so some of my recipes you're going to make a really big batch but you know if there's three of you that might be two 
whole meals in there, but don't freeze it in one big one because then when you defrost it, you're going to have to eat the entire amount in that, you yes. know, in that next 24 hours. So portion size it before you freeze it. Right. Okay. Now, um, this might be a tricky one, but what would mm. be your favorite kid-friendly recipe or plural recipes in the book? I would say um, my thick and saucy veg bolognese is, I think, one of those recipes that everyone loves, adults, kids, regardless of your kind of flavor profiles, because really it's just heaps of veggies in a really rich and delicious tomato sauce. So, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I don't put a chili in there. So, so that kind of meal, just with some pasta or some mashed potato or something like that, like it's it's really simple but really wholesome. And, yeah, I think really pal- palatable to, to everyone and anyone, including kids. And the recipe makes about eight serves. So, again, brilliant one for the whole family and a brilliant one to get in the freezer for another night. Now, I think I saw somewhere that you do two-minute chicken noodles, which (laughs) I'm assuming isn't like the ones we get in the packet. So can you tell me about that one? (laughs) Oh, I'd forgotten about that recipe. That's a brilliant one. So two-minute chicken noodles, uh, unsurprisingly, isn't two minutes, unfortunately, in the slow cooker. But what we're doing there is we're making a really delicious broth but we're using whole ingredients, herbs and spices, things like that that you've got in the pantry. Put them in a broth, add your noodles, and then I think the whole recipe's done in, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, right? And it's got that same kind of salty Moorish broth that we love with our two-minute noodles and the same ramen noodles that you would get in those packs, but we just don't have the ingredients in there that we're all really wanting to avoid, you know, the palm oil, the MSG, all the other stuff. So it's kind of, it's having your cake and eating it too, because you get to enjoy your bowl of two minute noodles, but you can feel really good about eating it and about serving it to your kids. That is a game changer for my family because they love their two minute noodles. Um, Oh, uh, good. (laughs) So thank you for that. Um, Alice, thanks for talking to us today. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you. That's Alice Alexandra. She's the author of Modern Slow Cooker, and there are links to where you can get a copy in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.